Well, hello again, my friends, and welcome back to 15-Minute Free Thinking with me, Carpo. Today we're going to talk about a little bit of a controversial topic. Hopefully it's YouTube-friendly, but I really don't care if it's not, because, of course, there's the audio podcast, which I can talk about whatever I choose. But I understand that there are certain topics which are controversial, and one of them has to do with firearms. And I'm going to bring up some statistics and data on this topic in this video. And I'm also going to talk a little bit about trains. And the main point of this video, having more to do with media and the ridiculousness of which we believe everything we hear. <clears throat> so, I'm going to start off by, before I give data and numbers here to make my point, I should clarify I'm not here to support or oppose any particular cause or belief system or political view. I'm here to talk about the one thing that all of us share. Every one of you out there listening to this. You most likely are a citizen of a country that you feel like you, would, you want to respect, that you want to respect your neighbors. You want to live in a world where you feel like you're armed with the very minimum that you need to succeed in your life, which is the truth. The truth comes in many forms, many flavors. It's something that most of us have just kind of laughed at the idea of ever obtaining. And I'm not talking about universal truth about everything that happens. I'm talking about the very simple facts that people know are true and sharing them honestly. When there's politics involved, when there's an election coming, lies just spew out like there's no tomorrow. So there's a couple different types of lies here that I'm talking about. One of them is a blatant lie, making up a story, saying something you know is false, that all the media outlets have done. But then there's also lying by omission, and I consider this just as horrendous. Lying by omission is leaving out key data points which allows a person to decide for themselves. Now, before I continue here, I want to make this clear. A point I would like to make is that, you know, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, and things were different. When you wanted to get information on what was going on in the world, you turned on the news. Back before CNN had 24-hour broadcasting, which, mind you, started during the uh, trial of O.J. Simpson. That's when all these media outlets started going 24 hours a day. Before that, it was... We're going to do a newscast for a while. Sometimes there might be like one, you know, late night news channel. But <clears throat> most people just wanted to get the main data points for the day, figure out what they needed in their own lives. Was there a recall on a certain vegetable or a car part? <laughs> you know, uh, is there some danger in a particular city or area? How's traffic? These types of things. And local news still still tackles these topics. But when we get to national news, oh boy. You know, like I said back then, that's all we had. And therefore, you might have the TV on in the background, and then the news comes on. And all you hear them is talking about these fears. You know, in the 80s and 90s, it was the satanic panic, this moral panic about Ozzy Osbourne, you know, and Slayer, heavy metal bands, talking about how our kids are going out and doing these horrendous things because they heard it on a, a heavy metal album. And... uh when you looked into the data for that, it was just absolute bullshit. 
None of that crap happened. There were maybe one or two cases where they found a, a certain album somebody had listened to and they'd committed a horrific act and they attributed it to the music. We all saw this continue on into the video game era. They were playing this video game, therefore they must have done this because of the video game. And this moral panic allows people to point the finger at new things and, you know, generalize everyone's fears. However, uh, to get back to the, here, the main point of the media, um, as I mentioned lying by omission, it works because we have short attention spans and we have very short memory. Now, this is something I've noticed with people all different kinds, you know, everyone out there, myself included, that it's very easy for us to have blurry visions of what may have happened a few years back. I remember September 11th, and I remember how we felt that day, but there's little aspects you forget, you know, little points that you, you're like, oh yeah, I forgot about that, I forgot about that. And when it comes to, say, something more mundane that's not that impactful, like a news article about something that happened overseas. Most people, not only do they forget, but they just don't care. They don't have enough interest to dig deeper. So they're basically at the mercy of what others are telling them is true. And if you look into, of course, the ownership of who owns the media companies, it's BlackRock and Vanguard own like 16% of all media companies. Uh, and they're the same companies that own, for example, Norfolk Southern, the rail, ra railway that crashed in Ohio. And that's another point I was going to make as, uh, as to, I guess this one isn't about how the media downplays things, but rather how it can go both ways. So, for example, the media is more than happy to downplay what happened in Ohio as not being so hazardous we don't know, right? They, people are like, trust the EPA, trust what they're telling us. But at the same time, something I've noticed, and this is what inspired me to make this podcast, over the past week or so, two weeks, there have been a lot more videos popping up about uh, train derailments. And I thought about this for a minute. I thought, well, wow, they're uh, it says there have been five derailments by Norfolk Southern in the last five months. That's a lot. And I thought, but is it a lot? And this is where I get into making my point. You might watch newscasts and think, wow, this is happening more often. But my natural instinct is to say, no, I'm just being fed more of this because it's something I looked at before. And I looked into it and I found out the truth. In the United States... <laughs> How many trains do you think derail every year? I almost want to do this as like a quiz to pause, you know, because I was surprised by a lot of the numbers I found. 1,700 trains on average derail every year. That's 4.8 per day. So basically five trains. So every five hours in the United States, a train derails. And there's plenty to talk about there if the media wants to, but most of the time they don't care. Not until it's a toxic spill and all the other media is talking about it. But those 1,700, those don't include collisions. That's only derailments that aren't caused by problems on the tracks or collisions themselves. And uh, it's in the thousands. It's an amazing amount of trains that crash and derail each year. <clears throat> so... The statistics I found from the Railway Transit Authority was 
from 1990 to 2021, so 30 years, there were over there were 54,539 derailments in the U.S., which averaged out to about 1,700 per year. And in just the year 2022, last year, there were 11 derailments which contained toxins which leaked into the environment. So when you really look at the big picture, you say, okay, these things happen more often than I thought. You know, maybe the media kind of blew this out of proportion. Or, you know, in my opinion, you know, I, I should make the point, I, I think that the media needs to talk about this more. There are reasons why these things happen. In 2021, there were 893 fatalities due to these issues, um, which was a pretty high rate. But this could all be, a lot of this could be prevented by ECP brakes, which are electronically controlled pneumatic brakes, which, not to get political on this, but, you know, in the Obama era, they passed legislation that required ECP brakes on all trains. And then as soon as Trump was in office, he reversed that. Uh, there is evidence by the officials who were at the site of the, you know, the accident in Ohio that if that train had those brakes, then it wouldn't have, you know, it wouldn't have derailed. It's um, it's a lot of corner cutting by the government, <laughs> but it depends on which media is talking about it as to whether they blame the right people or not. And therefore, I think people are kind of left out in the dark. The same thing happened with. PCR, or, uh, yeah, PCR, precision, P PSR, precision scheduled railroading, which is uh, basically instead of spending a couple minutes inspecting each car, they only do it for like 30 seconds per car. It's always cutting corners that costs these problems. And these problems are on the increase due to bad policies, right? So point made with the trains. The media makes it seem like there's more train crashes than ever, and all of a sudden, you know, oh, you find out they happen every day, five times a day. Uh, then you, you know, the discussions about space or the sun, maybe there's a solar flare. So for the next entire week, they talk about every little tiny solar flare that happens, like it's the end of the world. And that doesn't even include the fact that we're being catered to in every one of our feeds, in all of our news feeds, our social media is the algorithm picks those videos and those articles for us. That makes it very hard to know what's actually going on. But the media, meanwhile, in order to sell ads and ad space, they need to produce rage bait. And that's usually based around culture and identity politics these days. They want to get people angry and frustrated because it gets more views. And it gives you a false view of how most people think. You know, uh, most of us know if you go out in the world and you talk to people, you don't really care what their politics are. Because when you're interacting with people in person, it's a totally different situation than talking online, where to get a feel for somebody, it's all of a sudden, are you red or blue, you know? But uh, the media loves this, and they cater to it because it sells. It's repeating the same old stories and sound bites. You'll see the same things being repeated through all the different media channels. And it's pretty humorous at times. They use the same sound bites, the same actual slogans and terms. It's like, oh, they're talking about this and people are watching? Well, let's talk about this too. And meanwhile, most of us know the real issues 
you know, uh, minimum wage and, and suffer people suffering in the U.S. that can't get fair treatment at their jobs or, um, you know, by the police or by anything else. These things are being totally ignored. And when they are talking about, when these things like these injustices are being talked about, they're blown way out of proportion. So I guess us stupid proletariats just aren't smart enough to piece all the facts together. But uh, that's sarcasm, by the way. Let me get to a a few statistics that might surprise people. Because uh, I I think that it's only fair, as a liberal hippie dude, that I should talk about firearms. And uh, you might be surprised at how I feel about firearms. I'm a supporter of that right. I'm a supporter of the Second Amendment, but I also have a reasonable mind that says, do we need this? Do we need this? I've had so many discussions with my firearm-loving friends, and uh, I've said, should we own bazookas? Should we own grenade launchers? At what point should this end? And everyone has a different opinion. But you might be surprised to find that a lot of what we believe to be the problem isn't the problem. I don't blame guns. I blame people. I blame society and the way that we, you know, somewhat blame the media for romanticizing when these things happen. But you might be surprised to find that there's not as many of these mass shootings going on as you might think there are. So, for example, if I were to ask you how many shootings do you think there were in the United States in the year 2020, Try to think of a number. Now, there are some people who would say it's only probably a couple, a few thousand, and others who would say it's probably a few million. Your your opinion may vary, but opinions don't matter. The statistics show that in 2020, 45,222 gun deaths occurred in America. Now, this includes everything from suicide to murder to accidents and police shootings as well, which... uh, out of those, oh, how many do you think out of those 45,222 gun deaths were actually suicides versus um, murders? And just talking about this and saying that word instantly puts my video on the back burner of YouTube. So if you find this interesting, please share it because it's definitely not going to show up in the recommended feeds. There were 54% of all gun deaths in the U.S. were suicides. versus 43%, and then there were 2% other, I believe. Um, And that can include accidents, you know, different things. But over half were people who took their own life. Now that tells us right there something about America, or rather, people in America, and how we feel about our lives, um, and how desperate some people become. But out of those... In that year, there were, let's say, in one year, the murders in that same year were 19,384, so almost 20,000 murders. And a lot of those murders were, um, well, let's just say the amount that were, for example, police shootings were 611 out of those 20,000. That's not very many when you look at the big picture. And I'm not sitting here defending police brutality because I have more than an issue with 
police abusing their power. But I also understand that 95% of all police are good people and that a small amount ruin the bunch and really give a bad vibe to people who have been pulled over and harassed for nothing. Believe me, I've been there. I've been shorted by police and I know how it feels to be singled out. But it doesn't mean that you have to hate all people. The thing is, it keeps us divided to think that you know, not just on the police issue, but on the firearm issue, the way that people talk to each other about firearms. It's uh, so in the U.S., yes, in that year and in most years, they say 79 percent of all murders, almost 80 percent of all murders involved a firearm in the U.S. And in the year 2020, those amounts were 13.6 people per 100,000. And that's how they measure deaths. So 13.6 per- people per 100,000. And that has been on the rise. It's a 43% increase over the last couple decades. However, if you look back to the statistics for 1974, because I look back through all the charts, 1974, it was 16.3 per 100,000. So it was almost three percentage points higher in 1974 than it is today. And actually, the last peak was around 1993-94. There was a lot of bad shit going on around the country, Chicago, New York, Portland, and a lot of us, we, you know, we cleaned up the streets somewhat. And I believe law enforcement is necessary. I understand that we need to protect ourselves as well. I know that, you know, in the U.S., firearms aren't the problem. But I also understand that from the mindset of somebody who doesn't understand firearms, they want to blame the gun itself. But this might surprise you, or maybe not, as a lot of people think the U.S. is the capital of gun deaths in the world. For a while, I did. But when I looked into it, we're actually 20th. So, as I mentioned, the average in 2020 was 13.6 per 100,000 deaths by gun violence. In El Salvador... That's 39.2. It's three times higher. Now, it's not just El Salvador. There are 19 other, you know, or 18 other countries that have a higher rate than us. However, that doesn't justify firearms or say, oh, it's okay, it doesn't matter, we don't need to change anything. We also have Canada, which has only (laughs) 2.1 per 100,000, which is, what, six times lower? But that doesn't even compare to Spain, which is 0.6. It's a half a percentage point, or, you know, or half of one per 100,000. There are many reasons for this. Some of them cultural. Some of them have to do with policing. Some of them have to do with access to firearms. But the big point is we're 20th. And I think we can improve. We can bring ourselves back without buying into the media's bullshit about how we need to just get rid of all our firearms, because that's not helping. And that's why I'm bringing that discussion in here. Even if people believe that, half the nation doesn't and won't do so. And I honestly believe in protecting yourself against any domestic or foreign enemies, and that there could be a major disaster tomorrow where you need to protect yourself, and having a firearm could be a great thing. But blaming everyone who has a gun as the problem is part of the problem. Just like blaming the train companies and saying, now there's more accidents. Or it's the same kind of mentality of people saying there's more earthquakes now. 
there's like always this idea that more and more things are happening because we see it in the news, we hear it repeated in the news. I want to I want to finalize the discussion on firearms with this. In 2020, 513 people died in what they call mass shootings. 513 out of the 45,000. So, say what 1 in 100, 1 in 90. Out of those all of those shootings, if I were to say out of every mass shooting that was quoted as a mass shooting. How many of them were committed with what they define as assault weapons? What percentage do you think it would be? You know, 75%, 50%, 30%, 20%? The data shows that it was actually 3%. Only 3% of all of multiple people being shot in one shooting only 3% were committed by what they would call an assault weapon. And when you look at it, it's kind of cringe to see that the media will play these things up as if it's something that happens everywhere. And look, this comes across bad if somebody's viewing this or just listening to this part and thinks this guy doesn't care. Look, I have kids in school. Okay, I worry about these things too. I'm concerned. But the issue isn't the firearms as much as the way that kids are being treated and raised and behaving. Kids are out there causing all kinds of bullshit in society right now. It sounds crazy. I'm not the old man screaming at clouds here. Uh, There are like gangs of teenagers stealing cars, uh, going into stores and stealing their entire, you know, inventory, doing shit they can know they get away with. And part of the problem, it's, it's, it's a lack of accountability. And the fact that they know that if they are arrested, they'll just get a slap on the wrist. In Oregon, they don't even have enough prosecutors for people who get busted for stealing or anything. So they end up having to prioritize violent criminals and everyone else just gets set free. Because by the Constitution, if you don't have representation within a certain amount of time, you get set free. And it's creeping into the society. And I mention that because there are people kicking in doors nearby my neighborhood. There are people who have had home invasions up the street. And for people to say that others shouldn't be able to protect their home, those are people who have maybe never had their own door kicked in or never known anybody who did. And it's almost like buying into the media by saying that. You know, because those are the kinds of things that they want you to believe, that you're always under fear. I want to make the point that I'm aware of the threats out there, but I'm not in fear. I don't lock my door. I don't carry a firearm everywhere I go. You know, I don't worry, but I'm aware and I'm conscientious. And since there are so many things we need to know about the world, then I say shame on the media, all of them, for the bullshit that they spread. I mean, even recently, I, you know, I, I'm, I, I don't point at CNN. I point at CNN, Fox, NBC, all of them. And Fox News allowed Tucker Carlson to run an article the other day, that, or a, you know, a video talking about how January 6th was a, quote, mostly peaceful protest, which I agree. Most of the people were just roaming around the halls of the Capitol. But it just reeked of the same propaganda that the media was playing when people were burning down businesses during the BLM riots. 
and how most people there were peaceful. I was there. I've got video footage. I was there filming in Portland when the cops started tear gassing people, and then it just turned into this escalation. And I... All I can do is step back and say, fucking A, people. We're all here together. We're all trying to navigate this shit. The problem isn't just, you know, a a lack of government or even government itself. It's not just firearms. It's not just, you know, politicians. It's us. All of us. We need to be better informed. But goddammit, if we can't find the information that we need to be informed on, then that's shame on them. And that's why I'm mentioning all, all of this, because the media has been called out immensely over the past five years for their bullshit. CNN lost a majority of their viewership, well over half, I believe, during the last couple of years. After the, quote, Trump era was over, they ran out of shit to talk about. But, uh, you know, Fox is still running strong, of course, because they've always got some new quote for liberals, whether it's woke, SJW, snowflake, libtard, far left, blue pillar, blue hair, beta cuck, globalist, feminist, PC, safe spacer, or triggered. Hey man, I'm a tree-hugging hippie. What can I say? I always have been. But I'm a tree-hugging hippie with a brain that allows me to see through bullshit. Bullshit like saying that everything's about peace and passivity. Uh, You know, no, you gotta fight for your rights, and sometimes you gotta step up and speak the truth. So thanks for coming along. That was my rant. I appreciate your time. I will talk to you all next time. If you're watching the video version, there's information below. If you're listening to the podcast audio version, the high-quality audio version, uh, there's probably info below as well. You can check out either or as Carpo719 as my YouTube channel and... 15-minute free thinking as the podcast. Also, if you'd like to contribute to my efforts, I have no advertisements, I have no sponsors. I do this all by the gracious nature of your donations, and I appreciate it. You can visit me in the link at patreon.com slash carpo719. And with that said, don't believe the bullshit that you're told. Don't believe anything that you're taught. The moral panics, the book burnings, the generalizations of fears. To have free speech also includes criticism. And there are a lot of people coming out of the woodwork to do their own journalism. And I just hope they don't fall by the same standards, just trying to get more ad revenue, just trying to go by the same rage bait. We need to be adults in these discussions, not play victims. There are some ideas that are wrong, just wrong. And calling it out, is also free speech. You're not being canceled because you said something people didn't like and now they don't want you around. It has nothing to do with canceling. It's just people feel the way they feel and they speak the way they speak. How in danger is free speech? Well, I can see it from both sides, but honestly, as long as I can sit here and say what I have to say, uh, you know, it, it could be worse. We've always had free speech problems, but always say what you mean. Be informed and don't be a fucking dick. Peace out.